The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now um, it's called quiet firing. Um, you might suspect that you're being managed out of your job, and what can you do about it if you are? And then there's the phenomenon known as quiet quitting. We'll hear about that too. For some insight and sage advice, HR guru Louis Amin of Woodview HRM joins me now. Uh, Louisa, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, this business of uh, quiet firing, uh, as it's now been dubbed, and being managed out of your job when an employer wants to get rid of you. Explain. So, really, this is where an employer or where an employee feels, whether it's happening or not, it's a different question, but where an employee feels that changes have been made to their work which put them in a position where they want to leave the organization. So rather than coming in and having a conversation and saying, we don't want you here anymore, or we need to let you go, we need to fire you, they're put into positions with their work whereby they then themselves decide to leave the organization. Um, And there's lots of different reasons for it. I mean, at the extreme end where it's happening, if somebody leaves the organization because their work is no longer tenable, then there is constructive dismissal, and that's uh, under the Unfair Dismissals Act. The challenge with constructive dismissal is that the employee has to prove that they were constructively dismissed. Mm. So you would see that more in really serious bullying situations or where there is really serious, um, I suppose, mistreatment of a member of staff whereby they actually can't remain in the organization. They've tried to resolve the matter. It can't yeah. be resolved. And for their safety, okay. they leave. And, and sometimes when that happens, you, you can find proof of it because it is an overt act by the employer. But you're talking about yeah. in this quiet quitting thing where, um, or quiet firing, we'll talk about quiet quitting in a moment. Uh, quiet firing is where the employer says, OK, I know you've been coming in three days a week, but I'd like you to work from home. And this is what we want you to do. And it really is busy work. It's no work at all. Suppose you were in sales and suddenly you're not selling anymore. You're not giving, uh, given a book of contacts uh, from which to base your sales. So you end up twiddling your thumbs at home while still being paid your basic rate, but maybe making no commission. And you suddenly say to yourself, I don't like this. I'm not happy. I'm going to go. And that really is what yeah. the employer wanted. Yeah, and, and that, you know, Potentially, it can be the case in some situations, unfortunately. The challenge is that sometimes, um, for a multitude of different reasons, an employer could feel that somebody isn't right for their culture or they're not contributing in a way that's effective within the organization. Um, but there, there are no real ways within the legislation to enable those conversations to take place. It's not a redundancy situation because the job is there, potentially, um, and the person potentially has done nothing that warrants dismissal. So um, it isn't a sort of disciplinary situation. Yeah. But in the, in the UK, you can have a compromise agreement. So in the UK, in a situation, an employer can sit down with you as an employee and say, I don't think this relationship is working out. I think we would all be happier if you were no longer here. What's it going to take to get us there? And you can have that sort of like an off-the-record conversation, a really honest conversation, and try and come to a mutual yeah. agreement in terms but, of financial settlement. But, but they have to the say, we make it very clear, we are not firing you, uh, but yeah. we'd like to have a conversation about why this is not working out. And clearly there would be a financial element to the parting. Yeah, for sure. It's about the settlement. It's about how much money is it going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, quiet firing. So if people suspect that they might be being sidelined, you know, given no work or no meaningful work to do in order uh, to, you know, subtly persuade them they have no future in the company, um, is there any recourse at all to that? 
I mean, I think um, this might sound a bit harsh, but I think the first thing to do is to look inside and say, okay, well, A, do I want to be here? And if I do want to be here, what is it that I need to do so that I am an effective employee, so that I am given the opportunities and the opportunity for growth, et cetera? So, you know, employers want people that they're paying to do work that is of value to the company. That is ultimately what they want to do. Um, so if if you want to stay and it is the company of your dreams and it's about sitting back and saying, okay, well, how can I add value? Where does that come from? And trying to turn it around and maybe having some really open conversations about performance or about um, development within mm. the organization and where you want to go. It could be moving into a different team in larger organizations or corporations, moving out of where you are into something completely new within the same organization can be a really good way of doing that because it's like getting a new job, but you're staying in the same company. Yeah. Now, let's talk about quiet quitting where people keep turning up, <laughs> but they really don't care anymore. <laughs> yes, I've, I've come across many of these as well. So, you know, there's always the odd person in the canteen who's present in, in body, but certainly not in mind or spirit. Um, and there are individuals you know, we need a cohort of individuals in the workplace who are happy to come to work, do the job and go home. And they don't give any extra, but they do what they're required to do. That's fine. This is about the person who comes up, probably, you know, reads the newspaper, toddles around a little bit, make sure that they're when they have to be there and isn't really contributing in any sort of an effective way, but isn't doing anything that whereby they can be dismissed either. So they're kind of hiding in an organization. Mm. The bigger the organization is, the easier it is to hide. In smaller organizations or medium-sized companies, it's much more difficult because there are so few people to do the work that you're spotted. Um, and really, it's when people become very disengaged and disenchanted with the organization. And again, it comes back to where do you want to contribute? How can you be effective? And what is it you want to get out of work? Because it's, it's not a happy place to be. If you are that employee, you're typically not particularly happy at work. Yeah, but you just so put in the time and, you know, maybe develop your private life, uh, you know, go to the gym more often, do this, that and the other. But you don't go the extra mile for your employer. You turn up, they have no reason to fire you. They keep paying you. But let's put it this way, your heart is not in it. Your heart is not in it at all, not remotely. And you're not getting anything out of it apart from your paycheck at the end of the month. Yeah, which there's, is there's important no too. You know, um, it's important. <laughs> I came across a situation where, uh, you know, a program of downsizing in a particular company, people might guess what it was, uh, and uh, half pay was being offered for people who decided to go. They could, keep, you know, just stop working and get half pay. And yeah. um, one guy said, well, why should I take that? I mean, I can come in here and do nothing for full pay. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I go home and do nothing for half pay? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that says a lot about the culture and the company and the attitude. You know, people, there's a huge benefit to us as humans in terms of being valued in our work. There's huge mental health benefits and psychological benefits and well-being benefits and societal benefits. And it's better for the organization. So that's the, that's the best place for everybody to be. So if, mm. if you're not in that place, you really need to be asking yourself, well, why and what can I do about it? Now, this uh, quiet quitting, has this increased uh, since the pandemic? You know, because before the pandemic, people used to work all the hours that God sent. They were on call all the time. You know, employers could ring them at all hours of the day. Emails kept popping up and so on. Uh, People claim to maybe have been a bit burnt out by that process. Has that led to this phenomenon of quiet quitting? You know, I'm not so sure. I think that the quiet quitting term is sort of a TikTok phenomenon, um, but disengagement or people being unengaged has been there for as long as I've been in HR. Um, so that's a long time. This is not new. There have, for as long as we've had employees, we've had situations where employees feel 
I suppose, unhappy at work or not quite on top of their game in relation to it. I do think that you're right in terms of the pandemic and burnout. I do think that there has been an increase in people with mental health issues, you know, be they ones that are, you know, medical, requiring medical support or just feeling overwhelmed and dealing with it themselves. So I do think that there's an element of people sort of sitting back and saying, what do I really want here? Is this, is it worth it? All this effort I'm putting into my work, is it, is it really worth it? Or is there something smarter that I could do for myself? That doesn't necessarily lead to quiet quitting, though, because a lot of those individuals feel that burnout because they're working really hard in their work. Uh, and I suppose that's more a question of, do I want to keep doing this I'm on this treadmill or do I want to do something different with my life? Now, um, finally, the, the whole question of criticism uh, in work. You know, you're trying to do your best to, in your sales role or whatever it might be, and then your, your boss your harshest critic comes down on you like a ton of bricks. I came across a story where a German ballet director uh, took action against one of his critics. Have you seen that story? I did. I did. It was um, a rather premeditated action. Yeah. The, the, the chap in question, um, it was a, a critic, like an actual press critic, I suppose. And he had two um, dog excrement, which after the recital, he went down and put on the individual's face. So that, that's fairly uh, harsh reaction to criticism, would be my opinion, and has landed him in a, a great deal of trouble. He's now on uh, suspension for uh, from his post while it's being investigated by the police as well as by the organisation. So yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't expect go. that he, if he went to the employment uh, tri- appeals tribunal, that he'd get very far. Uh, his name uh, was Marco Goeke, and uh, mm-hmm. he's the head of the uh, Hanover State Opera Ballet Company. And uh, a critic called Wiebke Huster uh, slagged off one of his shows, and uh, he was always knocking around with his dog. And seemingly his dog deposited a poo um, on the pavement. Yeah. He picked it up like the responsible citizen he was. Then he catches sight of her and he goes over and takes the poo out of the bag and smears it all over her face because yeah, he didn't I, like her criticism. It's a first for me. You know, <laughs> um, that's fairly severe and it's not the best approach to criticism. You know, I actually think the opposite. I think that when we as you know, as employees or just as people working, when we are open to receiving criticism and we really listen to it and we really hear it for what it is, we don't have to always agree with it, but we really listen and we take it on board. That is the key to development, to growth, to getting better. That's where we harness our skills. That's where we, we improve. And having a line manager or a critic be willing to give you honest feedback, that's not sort of, you know, malicious, but it's there to, to provide it to okay. you. Um, a final so, question from one of our listeners. Uh, what about when your role changes while you're on maternity leave? You come back and you're given a different job. So when you're on maternity leave, that's a protected form of employment. So if the role that you left is still in existence when you come back, then you have got a right to go back into the role that you left. But an organisation can evolve and change. And so requirements can change. And, and so therefore what the organisation is required to do is to put you into a job that's equivalent or that is similar in its skill set. And what's really important is that, you know, it's a job that matches your skill set, that's at the same grade, the same pay, um, and has the same opportunity, I suppose, for moving forward. Um, it's certainly one as an employee to be aware of, and, and like, there can unfortunately be situations where people come back from maternity leave or are sidelined or, you know, put into less, 
relevant roles and that is something that is not allowed for not allowed all right thank you very much for joining us uh, Louisa Min of Woodview HRM she is an HR guru and if you have any issues you'd like uh, to discuss with Louisa do let us know via email and uh, we will consider them for the next session we have uh, with Louisa The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9am on News Talk.